Hello, everyone. My guest today is Mate Remark. He's a Croatian innovator, entrepreneur, and founder of the car company Remark Automobili. Mate has dreamed about building the fastest car since he was a child, and he has started that. His goal is to bring automotive manufacturers to Croatia. Remark was listed on Forbes 30 under 30, best entrepreneurs under the age of 30 of the world, and was named to the, as the Croatian Entrepreneur of the Year in 2017 by EY Croatia. So, Merck, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to have you, man. So I want to dive a little bit more into your story and how this all developed. So tell us a little bit more about how you actually got to where we are today. Well, it's a long story. <laughs> uh, I was born in Bosnia. And when the war in Bosnia started, when I was two years old, my parents moved to Germany. We spent 10 years there. And then we came back to live in Croatia. Um, and, you know, I was fascinated by cars. You know, before I could walk or talk, my parents tell me all of these stories, how uh, I was just, you know, looking at cars all the time. And when we moved to, to Germany, to Frankfurt, there were all of these cars all of a sudden. While in Bosnia, there were none. So I was just, you know, so fascinated looking at all the cars. And then when we came back to Croatia, I went to uh, a technical high school. And as a final exam, you have to build something physical. I built a glove that replaces keyboard and mouse just as a school project. And my professor liked it. So he sent me off to do different competitions for electronics. Then I became the champion for electronics in Croatia. In high school, I wrote my first patents when I was 17 years old. But I really wanted to do something with cars. So as soon as I turned 18, I bought the 1984 BMW 3 Series, which was three years older than I was. Hmm. Um, and uh, I wanted to race with it. And being an old car, the gas engine blew up very soon. And I decided to combine my two passions, electronics and cars. And the goal was to show that electric cars can be exciting, fun, and fast. So I built this old BMW into an electric race car in my garage and raced against gas-powered cars. And everybody was just laughing at me, you know, coming with a so-called washing machine to a racetrack where everybody's just, you know, uh, enjoying fire-spitting V8 engines or something like that. Uh, but my real goal was to build my own car. So I got quite some attention with that old BMW. Um, I broke five FIA and Guinness World Records with it for the fastest accelerating electric cars. I won a lot of races and stuff like that. And this got the attention of investors. So I founded the company in 2009. I was alone for the first two years. So the first employees joined me in 2011. And, you know, Croatia is a country that has the least car industry in Europe, pretty much. Uh, very little industry. Uh, no car companies are here, very few suppliers. So there was no uh, experience. We had no idea what we were doing at the beginning. I couldn't hire anybody with experience. Uh, there were no investors, no venture capital funds. So it was a long journey. Um, it was super difficult to keep the company alive. We were, you know, struggling for survival from the beginning. And since we didn't have the investors we needed at the beginning, we started to work for other car companies, developing technologies um, and components for them. So out of necessity to survive with the company, we became a supplier to the industry. And that's basically the only reason why we are alive today, because our main business became being a technology company for other car manufacturers. And then on the other side, making our own cars to show what is possible and what we as a company can do for other, for other manufacturers. Got it. So you were basically, as you just said, developing technologies for other companies and then eventually by, once you, you got some money and then developing your own car, right? Well, uh, I wanted from the beginning, I founded a company to make a car and that's what we started off with. But as we ran out of money very early on, um, we just had to survive to find a way, you know, we had really 
tough times. Um, like, you know, I convinced the first three guys to join me, which had to give up their jobs uh, and convince their wives to give up their jobs. And then they come work for a 20-year-old guy. Um, <laughs> and then that 20-year-old guy runs out of money a month <laughs> later. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they I couldn't pay their salaries. I couldn't pay uh, the rent. The landlord wanted to throw us out and stuff like that. So it was really, really tough. So we had no other choice. Uh, we had to stop working on our own car and start working for other companies. That was the only way out. And by doing this, we created a lot of know-how in the company, a lot of uh, a great team that could develop basically a whole car from scratch. We are today uh, almost 700 people with more than 300 people in R&D. Um, and that is you know, what built the value of the company. If it wasn't for that, you know, if we had investors early on, we would just have burned the money, went in the wrong direction because we honestly had no idea what we were doing because we were all learning as we were going since none of us had any experience, which was basically the only way to do it because if somebody had experience, uh, we would have said, you know, it takes BMW uh, 10 million euros to develop a headlight. So how will, will we, just a few guys in the garage, develop a whole car with no money, yeah. no experience? Okay, so... I'm looking at the website right now. It seems like you have a car now. So tell us a little bit more about what you guys are working on currently. Yeah, well, we launched the Concept One, which was our first car in Frankfurt Motor Show in 2011. Um, why Frankfurt? Because that's where I grew up when, when we moved to Germany. And, you know, it's the biggest car show in Europe. Uh, so we, uh, we exhibited there, um, but the car was far from being a reality. So it took us a few years to get the car to the market, but it was limited to only eight units. Um, so super low volume just to show the technology. Um, and it was a pretty good car in terms of uh, performance. So you can go on YouTube and see how it's faster than Ferraris and Bugattis and Teslas in acceleration and so on. It's basically the fastest accelerating car, regardless of electric, hybrid or combustion engine. The C2, the new car that you see on our website, uh, we launched it last year. Uh, we start deliveries of it next year. So it's on a totally different level. Uh, when we started at Concept One, we didn't really have experience and time and money and so on. With the C2, you know, all the experiences we have gained, all the know-how that we have gained and the funding that we have now available um, is in that car. So it's 1,900 horsepower, less than two seconds, zero to 100. Um, it's uh, designed for global homologation, so meaning we are doing all the crash tests in the US and Europe and stuff like that. So it's a totally different level from the concept one. And it has also some interesting capabilities in terms of autonomous driving. So we have nine cameras, six radars, a LiDAR, a supercomputer to process all of that information. And the car can drive itself on the racetrack. So, for example, you buy this car, you have the money to buy such a car, but not necessarily the skills to really use it on the racetrack. So the car uh, gets you to the racetrack, uh, drives you, for example, two perfect laps on the track, and then you can take over, and the car will coach you how to become a better driver. How oh, to brake, how to, yeah, yeah. So you're basically autonomously driving at 300 kilometers per hour, um, which is quite a challenge. And a lot of other stuff that we have, uh, like connectivity and uh, very advanced infotainment systems. And the special thing about the car, it's uh, from scratch design. So there's absolutely zero uh, stuff taken from the previous car or from any other car. So we really wanted to push the limits. And in order to push the limits, we started with the blank sheet of paper and designed absolutely everything. The chassis, the suspension, the batteries, the motors, the uh, electric 
electronics, the gearboxes, uh, infotainment, absolutely everything was designed just specifically for this car. Um, and this is then our show showpiece where we show to other manufacturers, this is what we can do. And then they can use this stuff for their own cars. Yeah. How, how long does it take to, <clears throat> sorry, build a car from like drawing it on paper then to actually have the car? Depends what you mean of having a car. So let's say it, uh, a big car company would need seven years uh, from start of a project until uh, start of deliveries to customers. In between that, you have prototypes and you know show cars and stuff like that. In our case, we are trying to do the same thing in three, three and a half years. So basically half the time and with a lot smaller budget by doing a lot of stuff in the house. So not paying suppliers but doing it uh, internally instead. Um, so basically three and a half years from start of the project until you have uh, cars with customers. But within that process, basically all, already after a year, you have the first show car. After two years, you have the running prototypes and so on. Okay, wow, that's, that's fast. So building a car company takes a lot, I guess. So what are some of the best resources that have helped you along the way? Well, you know, Elon Musk has done a lot of things in his life, but he said it's the hardest thing um, he could imagine is to build and sustain a car company. And it's really like, you know, there's so many challenges. Like, you know, Hyundai is our one of our shareholders. And Hyundai has four times the revenues of Croatia's GDP. That's the kind of market <laughs> we are in. You know, all the companies in this industry are giants. They exist for decades or 100 years or 150 years. And we started from a garage and wanted to build a the fastest electric car in the world. And that's one thing, but the real challenge is to make a company sustainable, to make a car company sustainable. That's really tricky. And there's hundreds of people who have tried to build a car company. And in the last 30 years, if you ignore China, you basically have three companies who have managed to do that, which is uh, Koenigsegg from Sweden, Pagani from Italy, and now recently Tesla. So they were my heroes when I started, you know, Christian von Koenigsegg, Horacio Pagani. I was looking up to them. And, uh, you know, now we are doing stuff for them. So we are supplying the battery for, for the Koenigsegg Regera and stuff like that. So basically a circle. I think one of the greatest things that happened to us was to learn to be very cost sensitive and to be driven by, you know, having revenue from the very beginning. Yeah. Which sounds like a normal thing for a company to do. But if you look at the automotive environment today and the, all these startups, you know, being funded with Chinese billions and stuff like that. It, it's totally different. Yeah, got it. So along the way, I don't know if you, if you can name three, but who are three people except your family who have been most influential to you during your journey? Uh, well, you know, the, the early employees were with me from the beginning. Um, and, you know, I really... Like I wanted to build more than a company from the beginning. I knew this is going to be something big. And uh, I was paying a lot of attention to make a great environment so that the people are happy. You know, we have been voted as the best employer in Croatia for several years and stuff like that. Um, and the early team is still with me. So there are most of the guys who are with me in the garage are still um, in the company. So our head of design, Adriano Mudri, um, he, he designed all the cars and he, leads the, the design of everything, like even the website and the user interfaces and stuff like that. They, they do everything, but of course the car is the primary thing. Um, other people, I would say Christian von Koenigsegg had a big impact uh, on me because 
uh, he built a car company from a garage um, with, you know, starting with uh, building a car with his own hands. So I was looking up to him as my hero, basically. Um, and third, definitely, you know, Nikola Tesla, I was, uh, uh, I mean, I'm from Croatia and he was born in Croatia. Uh, so basically, the reason why I wanted to build an electric car was him. I was reading a lot about him and his invention, the electric motor. And I was always thinking, the electric motor is such a beautiful, perfect machine. Why is nobody using it to build an exciting, fast electric car, but instead of that, you know, just building boring uh, cars? So I would say, you know, uh, that it, Nikola Tesla and Christian von Königsegg were my, um, like, heroes. But on the other side, my early employees uh, were there, you know, who, who were with me and built the company together with me. Yeah. Do you think there was a unique skill that's, that has helped you to, to become successful with the company? I think uh, persistence. So a lot of people ask me, what is, like, how did you get the idea? I always say ideas are absolutely nothing. They are totally irrelevant. It's super easy to have an idea to build the fastest electric car in the world or something like that, or to build a car company. But to actually do it, that's hard. That's the hard part. And you have to be really good at so many things, you know. That's what people don't realize. It's not enough to build a good product. You have to be able to inspire people. You have to be able to lead people. You have to know how to hire people. Uh, you have to, sooner or later, figure out how to handle finances. Uh, marketing, you know, build a nice website. Uh, uh, you know, do all the uh, launching of the car, negotiations with customers, uh, legal stuff, negotiation with investors. So there's, there's so many pieces of the puzzle that you have to do right. And if you, as an entrepreneur, don't know how to do it, you have to find the right people who can help you and take over some of the uh, bits and pieces that where you are maybe not the best in um, to support you. So, and in all these years, you know, you have so many ups and downs and so many difficult times that persistence is absolutely, um, you know, necessary to build something like this. And I think what, um, what is also necessary at least in our case where, where you have, we are trying to do something that is, that is totally against the odds, uh, especially doing it where, where we are from. Like I was really persistent to do it in Croatia. I wanted to prove that it's possible to do it here. It's uh, giving up everything else in your life. So this is all consuming. And I don't think that many people, you know, on the surface, I, I think many people would change with me. But if they really knew how my day or week looks like, they would never change the life of me. Because... <laughs> You know, it's just all consuming. So, so yeah, so you just said, you know, you're, or I know that too. So you're super busy. Do you have any routines that you strictly follow on a day-to-day -day basis? I try to be in the company before everybody else, uh, or at least work from home uh, an hour or two. So like come to the company at five or six before the meeting starts. So to solve emails. I, so I really five, or, five or six in the morning? Yeah. Well, it's super Holy hard shit. for me. Like uh, I was... I think I'm naturally lazy, but because of the responsibility that I had, I had to change completely. I remember at the beginning of the company, I would sometimes show up in the company at nine or 10 if I couldn't wake up and get out of bed. But today, like if I'm not in the company at seven, I know that my whole day will be screwed because I didn't manage to answer emails. And then I have meetings from eight in the morning until six in the afternoon, because unfortunately that's the reality of being a, a leader, you know, if you have to, or, or manager or whatever, your job is to speak with people, be in meetings. Yeah. 
but I really believe that uh, leaders should work on their own. So like I do tons of stuff, uh, presentations, Excel, specifications for products, uh, 200 emails a day. So that needs to be done sometimes. Uh, so basically when all the meetings end at five, six, seven, depends which day, then I start to work again. I mean, do my, my emails and stuff. And whenever I have a spare space in my calendar, like an hour, which is really rare, um, but that's the favorite time for me when I go around the company and see some things that I, like that's the favorite stuff that I would really love to do is to be with the engineers, with the designers, to talk with them about uh, the development of the products and to be involved in that. So whenever I have a spare space, that's like 10 minutes. I'll take those 10 minutes to, uh, to go around the company and uh, talk with the engineers and see what's going on. Got it. I love that. Is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? No, really only, I would say Elon Musk is, uh, I think, doing something uh, quite incredible and something special. So um, following, of course, Tesla and what Elon is doing, but other than him, mm, no, not really. What, what do you think about his new car, the Cybertruck? <laughs> I thought it's a joke. I thought he was trolling. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm not against Tesla. I'm really for Tesla, actually, and for Elon Musk and everything. But, uh, and I think they make great cars and everything. So don't take me wrong but the Cybertruck I thought this is a huge troll like he's actually making a beautiful car somewhere hidden behind and he just didn't show it show it to us yet uh, and he, all of a sudden you know they'll he will just say this was a huge joke uh, ha -ha. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that too in the beginning yeah I, I, but I was <laughs> like is, this, is, is he joking around or just trying to get like traction <laughs> yeah I don't know we'll see <laughs> Got it. So it's just we're, we're running out of time. You have three more questions. So question number one, how often do you do sports a week? Never. Never? Got no, it. No time. No, no time. Maybe in a few years. What do you wish you yeah. would have started when you were 20? Exactly what I'm doing now. <laughs> That's great. That's great. No one has told me that answer yet. And last <laughs> question, where do you think your company will go in the next five years and then in the next 30 years it can be you know new innovations new cars whatever well we want to be the leader in electric uh, supercars on one side and the other side leader in high performance electric powertrains so everybody who's doing something with electric cars we want to have our key components inside uh, so you know porsche is a shareholder of the company hyundai and kia um, and we work with a lot of other brands like aston martin and so on and we want to be really in in many, many different cars and help them to convert from combustion engines to hybrid and electric vehicles. That's our main goal. But long term, I think mobility will completely change. People will not buy cars. Cars will not have steering wheels. People will not know how to drive cars. And we are thinking also well beyond uh, traditional vehicles today. We are thinking how the mobility of the future will look like. And we are doing some exciting things there as well. Got it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun.